Today in Science from Wired. For the ones who work hard to ensure their crew can always go the extra mile, and the ones who get in early so everyone can go home on time, there's Granger, offering professional grade supplies backed by product experts so you can quickly and easily find what you need. Plus, you can count on access to a committed team ready to go the extra mile for you. Call, clickgranger.com, or just stop by. Granger, for the ones who get it done. Want to learn how you can make smarter decisions with your money? Well, I've got the podcast for you. I'm Sean Piles, and I host NerdWallet's Smart Money Podcast. Our show features our team of nerds, personal finance experts in credit cards, banking, investing, and more. And they'll help you make the most of your money while cutting through the clutter and misinformation in today's world of personal finance. You'll get clarity on strategies to help you build your wealth, invest wisely, shop for financial products, and plan for major life events. Listen to NerdWallet's Smart Money Podcast wherever you get your podcasts. Today in Science from Wired. The Arctic Ocean is teeming with microfibers from clothes. Scientists find an average of 40 microplastic particles per cubic meter of the northern water. The likely source? The synthetic clothing in our washing machines. By Matt Simon. Throw a polyester sweater in a washing machine and it'll come out nice and clean, but also not quite its whole self. Because, you see, as it rinses, millions of synthetic fibers will shake loose and wash out with the wastewater. And the wastewater then flows to a treatment plant. And every year, one single facility might pump 21 billion of these microfibers out to the sea, where they swirl in currents, settle in the sediments, and end up as fish food, and cause who knows what kind of ecological consequences. Everywhere scientists look in the world's oceans, they're finding microfibers, which are technically a subcategory of microplastics. Microplastics are considered particles that are less than 5 millimeters long. And now that they've made four expeditions across the Arctic Ocean, a team of scientists is telling us just how badly even these remote waters have been tainted. Pulling samples from as deep as 1,000 meters, they found an average of 40 microplastic particles per cubic meter of water. 92% of those were microfibers, and almost three-quarters of these were polyester. That's some pretty legit evidence that humanity's addiction to synthetic clothing is totally corrupting Earth's oceans. And Peter Ross says it simply illustrates just how contaminated our planet has become with synthetic polymers. Peter's an ocean pollution scientist and marine pollution advisor at OceanWise Conservation Association, a conservation NGO, and he's the lead author on a new paper in Nature Communications that describes these findings. Ross and his fellow researchers from the Department of Fisheries and Oceans Canada were careful not to grab samples from the surface waters because they tend to accumulate buoyant styrofoam and lost fishing gear. And for that reason, that water isn't considered a proper representative sample of the plastic pollution that lurks in the sea. So instead, they had to collect water from a few meters beneath the surface. And conveniently enough, their research vessel had intake ports on the bottom of their hulls. The researchers also took samples up and down the water column, as deep as 1,015 meters. And they took from six stations in the Beaufort Sea above Alaska. 
They had to be sure, though, that they weren't mistaking natural particles for synthetic ones. So they used a forensic technique called Fourier Transform Infrared Spectrometry, or FTIR. And how it works is an instrument bombards the particles with an infrared beam, exciting certain molecules in the sample and analyzing the infrared signature reflected back to the detector. And doing it this way, the scientists could not only confirm whether the particle was synthetic, but could also determine what kind of plastic it was. Ross said even our trained technicians in our group would often mistake these mystery particles for plastic when they are in fact something natural. So the FTIR is very important to confirm that the mystery particle is plastic or not. Now, with the particles confirmed, the team went ahead and measured their lengths and diameters, and they matched the known dimensions of synthetic fibers. Nearly 75% of the fibers were polyester, which many of us know is a common material in synthetic clothing. And these fibers came in a range of colors, too. Ross admits the alignment is striking. All of this really does line up our concerns around the prospects of a significant role for textiles and laundry in contaminating the world's oceans. Now, because the team had data from four expeditions that wandered all over the Arctic, they could compare their samples from the eastern region, above the Atlantic Ocean, to the western region, above Alaska and the Yukon. And they found three times more particles in the east compared to the west. The fibers were also 50% longer in the east, and their infrared signature looked more like that of virgin polyester. So these were indicators that these fibers were newer. As fibers move into the Arctic or into the environment, they get weathered. They get older over time, Ross says. The infrared signature changes with sunlight, with chemical processes, with bacterial decomposition. The scientists' results showed that the weathering was more evident in fibers found in the West. So, taken all together, they figure this means that most of the particles are coming from the East and degrading as they travel to the West. Now, there is some inflow of water from the Pacific Ocean into the Western Arctic, but it's looking like far more particles are entering the Eastern Arctic from the Atlantic Ocean. The inflow is greater there. The microfibers swirl around for a while, aging and weathering, and many of them likely end up in the Western Arctic. These findings fit pretty nicely with research published last September that found that Arctic Ocean sediments are packed with blue gene fibers washed out to sea in wastewater. And last year, too, another team of scientists found that currents are transporting microplastic particles around oceans, eventually depositing them in big groups in sediment hotspots on the seafloor. Which is all to say... Microplastic particles and fibers are traveling huge distances. This new research not only confirms that the Arctic Ocean is just teeming with these tiny fibers, but it also offers an explanation of how they're getting there. It's likely that wastewater treatment facilities in Europe and along the east coasts of Canada and the U.S. are dumping untold numbers of them into the Atlantic Ocean, and currents carry the particles up to the Arctic. And air transport probably plays a role, too. See, scientists previously found up to 14,000 microplastic particles per liter of remote Arctic snow. And they concluded that the stuff had likely blown in from continental Europe. Researchers have also found that microplastics get transported out of the sea when waves crash and spew ocean spray loaded with particles into the air, where the tiny plastic bits can then float. This is an important piece of work that provides a valuable data set for future microplastic research, says University of Strathclyde microplastics researcher Steve Allen, who wasn't involved in this research. 
The level of detail is exceptional. Their findings add a tremendous amount of weight to the discussion surrounding laundry outputs of microplastic fibers to the environment and the need to address it quickly. It really hammers home the fact that you can't pollute in any one place and expect that it'll stay there. One big remaining question is how those microplastics might be affecting the ecosystems they infest. Ocean sediments are just loaded with this stuff, and scientists have already discovered that fish larvae mistake these particles for food. Melanie Bergman is a marine ecologist of the Alfred Wegener Institute for Polar and Marine Research, and she researches microplastic in the Arctic, too. She wasn't involved in this new research, but she does say we need to find out how much of this is already incorporated into the food web, which is, of course, already under threat from global climate change. So... Now what do we do with this omnipresent pollutant? I mean, it's not like humanity will instantly phase out clothing made of synthetic material, right? But we as consumers can demand that brands abandon fast fashion, meaning cheaply made synthetic clothing that easily sheds into microfibers, and governments can legislate that washing machine manufacturers add fiber-trapping filters to their products. But while we wait for those things, there are a couple of things you can do. You can retrofit your washing machine with an aftermarket filter, or you can wash your clothes in the special bag that keeps microfibers out of the wastewater. So, I guess add this new research to that growing pile of evidence fingering clothing as a major source of microplastic pollution all over the planet, from the tops of remote mountains to the bottom of the sea. Melanie Bergman says it highlights once more that we need to tackle this issue by either reducing our usage of such textiles or improving our retention facilities and sewage treatment plants. Something. Like what you learned? Subscribe everywhere you listen to podcasts and get more science news at wired.com science. Without the ones like you, who work tirelessly to keep things running, everything would suddenly stop. Hospitals, factories, schools, and power plants, they all depend on you. No matter the weather, emergency, or time of day, you're the ones who get it done. At Granger, we're here for you, with professional-grade industrial supplies. Count on real-time product availability and fast delivery. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done.